Hello, Allie. Hello, Tanya. How are and you today? Hello to all our listeners today. Hi, listeners. It's so good to have you here. Uh, it's so good to connect with you, Allie. It's, I feel like it's been a couple of weeks again, just I with know. You're, my you're travel for work. <laughs> yes. And I want to say before we start, if there's any little background noises that sound like the puppy has taken every single toy out of her pen and she is playing with all of them. Well, good for Gracie. So Gracie uh, kind of has the lay of the land if she hasn't fallen asleep. And, you know, if you hear a little rustling around behind me as sound, that would be the puppy. That's Gracie. That's so, real yeah, life. It's real life. Just like, <laughs> you know, real talk, real life. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Allie, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we are going to talk about how do we stay true and authentic to ourselves? You and I both had recently had situations and conversations about this topic. And following last, last week's or the last time we recorded um, that very intimate and very vulnerable conversation on depression, I think this is a good, a good follow into how do we stay true and not get lost in looking around ourselves? You know, there's a big, that big saying about Instagram, compare and despair. You look at everybody else's feed and you start to feel like you're not doing enough or you're not doing the right thing, or maybe you should be eating this way because look at this fitness person and this, you know, food guru, or maybe we should be doing this. And it's very easy to get lost in that, which can lead you down a road of depression and anxiety and self-judgment. Well, and I think even energy, right? Like when we are not following our true authentic selves and what we think, what we, what the universe and is trying to do, and we're trying to do what everyone else is telling us to do, it sucks our energy because we're just not able to to a hundred percent dive into what everyone's telling us we should do because we don't truly believe that's what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Right. So I think this is a, a really solid topic that we can dig into a little bit, start and share what you had started to talk about before. I think that's, that's a really honest piece. Yeah. So I was telling Allie, my husband had a conversation with me about my transitions back home after I've been on work trips. And it takes me a couple of days to adjust to being back at home and back into my schedule of mom, wife, career, entrepreneur, cat mom, all the different, all the different roles I have to play when I'm at, when I'm on my work events, I'm just I'm just Tanya, work Tanya, right? Like I just have this one role to play and it's a role I like. I really enjoy playing. Like I really enjoy being on the road. I really enjoy the events. I really enjoy spending time with my colleagues. There's work and there's play and, and I don't have to take care of anybody else. And when Tom said that to me, it brought back something that my ex-husband had said to me the same thing. Like, you come home, you don't seem to be excited to be home. It really got me thinking about what is it? Why am I having such a hard time transitioning back into this role? 
And I think part of it is, is sometimes I feel like I don't want to go back into some of these roles. Mm. I don't, I, I, I don't want to go back into the naggy mom and the, and it's not that I don't, so I love my kids, like, right. Like I love my role as mom, but sometimes it's just exhausting. And I feel like I, by choosing the, by choosing some of the ways I'm raising my kids, I sometimes forget to take care of myself. And so I don't feel that, and I'm coming back this whole selfish me time, right? Like I went to bed when I wanted to, I got up when I wanted to, I didn't have to cook because I was eating out every day. Uh, you know, and so some of those things of where I'm just not having to, that whole big responsibility piece that you have as a parent and as a career person and the additional guilt I put on myself for being away from my kids and then things happen. And so now you're coming home to dealing with the stuff that happens and you feel bad because you weren't able to give the people you need. So it's this constant cycle. And then I added on where I come back and it's, I was telling Allie, it was 80 degrees in Vegas. And I come back to Minnesota and it's seven degrees and I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to live in this cold any longer. And I, I get, I think I have, I need to work through some of my resent, the -hmm. resentment I'm carrying because I can't move. I, I don't have the ability to pick up my family and move to a sunshine state because it's not where we are in life. And so how do I manage my frustration of having to come home to the cold and what can I do? So I get more of these and then what do I do? So I connect back with my family. Cause I think that's the hard thing too, is coming back and being so excited about my trip and everyone kind of thinking, boy, she's not even excited to be back home. Mm. And so trying to play, you know, tell stories, but not make you know, I didn't want to make Tom feel bad for everything he missed out on. And the fact that I was out having a great time with my colleagues and he's back home running the household, uh, you know, and so I made time to spend, I took my son out for lunch one day, just so we could talk about some things that had gone on while he, while I was gone, Tom and I carved out, we did a date night when I got back. And I think that just kind of really helped us get back on track too, because we didn't, I came back on a Friday and I didn't have to go right back into my role of getting up for work and things like that. But it really got me thinking of how much easier it was for me to transition back when my kids were little, because I would travel quite a bit for work, but they were one or two or three or, you know what I mean? They didn't notice I was gone as much. They didn't call me. They didn't need me as much. And I was coming back home to a house that was just me. And so having to really lay that foundation of it is, it is hard for me to switch between those roles. And I really do enjoy both the roles, but sometimes you just, sometimes I feel like I'm putting 80% of effort into my job and 20% into my marriage and my kids. And then sometimes it's 80% to my marriage and kids and 20% to my job. And I think I feel like it's never enough on both ends. And I think that's what I struggle with, right? Like I come home and I struggle with, oh my gosh, I didn't give enough to my kids while I'm gone. And now I need to give so much. And I'm going to stress out about how much work I have to do. And so it's just that That work-life balance. It's that work-life balance. And thankfully I work for a really good employer who 
encourages the work-life balance and appreciates the time that you get to spend with your kids and allows some flexibility for that. And so I'm really grateful for that. Um, but I just think I still carry so much mom guilt, um, just throughout my whole life and letting, you know, feeling like I let my kids down because I wasn't there for an issue they had. And then, but I was having so much fun with work and really making inroads with relationships. And so it's just that constant battle. Right. And it's an interesting thing when we talk about it's the mom thing, because, you know, how long did Tom travel away from home and did he feel that way? Right. And I don't know because he's never, well, okay. Yeah. I wasn't saying he never traveled, but that's not true because when he was at his previous job, he was gone. He wasn't home. He wasn't home. He was on the road all the time. Um, and I think his, he worried about me having to do everything. Right. And so he, I think he, he too had some of those issues of when he would come home and trying to in fact, now I think about it, we had conversations like the kids and I got so used to being in the routine to back to just the three of us that he would come home and sometimes try. And it was hard for him to figure out how we fit into the triangle. And it was hard for you to figure out how to fit him back into the triangle when he was gone all week because right. you had a routine. Yep. Um, so it's an interesting conversation. And We'll circle back to maybe some things that you've, you think help with that transition or things that we can offer. Um, I'd like to circle back towards in the end to see how we can come up with solutions mm -hmm. for some of those thoughts and feelings. I don't have my child at home, so it's a different sense of balance, but more about, I think for me, more about how do I stay true mm -hmm. to who I am, who I'm becoming, who I've worked on becoming more of this person and not feeling less than or bad about myself for not taking on this entrepreneurial role. Um, something I never never, ever thought I wanted that never even popped into my mind growing up. I watched my mom work for companies, my dad. Um, and I never really had any thoughts or feelings about owning my own business or starting my own business until it got a little later. And I started thinking, you know, when I went through my transplant was the first time I thought about leaving my corporate job after 20 years and going, there has to be more fulfillment and purpose than what right. I'm doing. And right. does that come? And I guess at the time, four years ago, it was in my mind was, well, to find purpose and fulfillment, it must have to come from doing my own thing and owning my own business because I'm not finding it working for someone else. But mm -hmm. the truth was, I just wasn't finding it in the career I was in. It wasn't fulfilling, but it served my life for all those years to raise a child and work from home. I just wasn't fulfilled and it wasn't my purpose or passion. And then it was the journey to find it. And I think when I finished the course where you and I met, mm -hmm. it was so easy to get lost in that space of 
watching everybody start an entrepreneurial journey and figuring out what am I good at? What can I make money doing? Right, what can right. I do to free myself up for my family or for my other job or for the things that I want to do? I want to travel. I want to have this. I want to have that. Everybody was thinking, what am I going to do? And so watching that coming out of that was really good. I mean, it's how we met. It's how we decided to do a podcast. But in that months and months after I started to go, I'm still feeling like I'm not sure I want to start or find an entrepreneurial business and, and do this. But I kept telling myself, but this is what you're supposed to do. You're watching everybody else do it and find happiness. This is the only thing that's going to free you and fulfill you. And it really wasn't until probably this bout of depression and coming out of it and realizing that I was spiraling myself into these places because I was telling myself, you can't be successful if you don't do it on your own. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Plenty of people go to work every day for companies or for other people and love what they do and love the people they work with. And they're happy and fulfilled and they're making differences in the world, but they're doing it, not owning their own entity. And that's that's truth. That's being, knowing who you are. And I started to come back to that place of saying, right now, I want to be okay, just being okay. Right. And going to work at my little island place with people that I adore and a community that I've gotten to know and, and really cherish. And, mm -hmm. and that's enough for me right now. I spent I spent enough years in the corporate world and I raised Lizzie on my own, you know, mm -hmm. you know, physically on my own and I'm, it's okay to say I'm tired. I just, I just want to mm -hmm. break. Yeah. And I think and I burnout's just real. do what I'm doing and it's okay. It's enough. It's enough. And I'm enough for it. You know, and I think you and I've had this conversation so many times about what does our life, what does our entrepreneur life look like? And I had a chance to meet up with another friend in Vegas and we were talking and I was like, I just don't know if I want the full-blown entrepreneur life. I don't know that I want the responsibility for all of that. I don't know that I want all of that. And I said, I think we haven't figured out quite how to have, it's either an all or nothing perspective, mm -hmm. but does it have to be an all or nothing perspective? And I think that's where both you and I have struggled in the last, you know, right. as we finish up this course is what does it look like for us? We see what everybody else is doing, but nothing, you know, I've talked quite a bit that where I went into the course thinking I was going to do and where I went was a very different course. And that we're, I'm still continually refining that course and taking a different road. And I, th I think sometimes it's a, I feel like we're lost because we don't have the GPS giving us directions that turn by term directions that we're so used to having. Exactly. But I think that if we don't spend time taking the different roads and making the turns that maybe we just aren't going to be, we're not ever going to know when we've got that aha, this is it moment because we haven't taken that journey that's led us to where we are. 
Yeah, that's 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 a good point. And um, I don't know. I think it's I think this is it's it's just interesting to hear. And I've talked to a lot of people, as I know you have, about this particular thing. And and a lot of people that we've both spoken to who have decided, well, I am not happy at my job anymore. I want more time. I want to be with my kids. So I'm going to start something. I'm going to find my thing. And then, you know, a year later, they're still circling around. I'm trying to find my thing. And I feel more unhappy now because I feel like I'm failing. And we shouldn't, nobody should feel that way. Mm -hmm. We should be able to, like you said, we should be able to take these different avenues and one may lead somewhere and take off and one may lead somewhere that's a dead end. So we come back and we take another one because life is about continual growth, right? It's not giving up. It's just finding the right path that feels good and brings us joy and purpose Sometimes it's a lot of roads you have to take. I mean, when we think about all the really successful companies and writers and businesses and actors, like everybody had went through failures to get where they are. Mm -hmm. In order to succeed, you have to fall backwards to figure out what doesn't work. Right. And that's just a, that's just the journey of figuring out who you are. And I don't think it ever ends. Well, and I think that we live it never ends. Absolutely doesn't. But I think we live in this quick fix society, right? Like, okay, we're not feeling fulfilled. Well, I'm going to do this thing. It's going to make me feel fulfilled today. And my passion is going to be, I'm going to have it. It's going to be all great. That's what addiction is. But the thing is, as we find our passion, as we invest in ourselves, as we do our own work, our energy shifts, our passion shifts, our focus shifts. And then suddenly we're not feeling like we're doing our passion again. So who's to say that one thing's our passion. Like maybe one, maybe our passion today is this, and I'm going to take a different road tomorrow that suddenly said, Oh my gosh, I never knew about this. And this is my new passion. And who's to say I can't change. Exactly. And I think people are just so rigid on, I have to find my passion and my passion is this one thing. And I'm going to stick with it forever. When really- I think that's also some of the things out there right now that people are talking about, like all these big influencer, you know, life coaches and people, you know, a lot, I would say since COVID, definitely more so I, I'm just speaking personally of what I see and what comes across my social media is this, you know, let's find your purpose. Let's figure out your passion. And there's all these little like online quizzes or think questions they ask and And so then somebody gets, you know, people get set on, well, what if I don't have one or what if this is it, but it doesn't feel right. And what if there's not another one? And like you said, well, it can be one thing today and something else tomorrow. And there's nothing wrong with exploring all the different options and avenues. Right. And I think the other thing people think of is your passion has to equal your career. And I think you can have a job that you love that provides you the means to do the passion that you have. Mm -hmm. And so maybe the job is you enjoy it. It doesn't fulfill your passion, but it gives you the monetary, the flexibility needs you can do to do the thing that really does fuel your passion. So I think 
sometimes we live in a thing that says passion and career has to be intertwined. And I don't necessarily believe it has to be. I agree with you. I really do. Um, and I do think we're living in this time where life coaches are a diamond, you know, you've got all these, and I know, I know partly because you and I follow so many, right? Like our feeds are constantly full with them. My feeds are always full of the different coaching and that you can, I can tell when they're all writing from the same script because it's like very similar, but different things. And I'm like, it's just not feeling very good to me right now. But I think that's just because everybody wants something more than what we had before COVID happened. Like everybody wants to feel that they're living their purpose. And there's so many people that just don't even know how to start. Yep. Yep. I, I, I so agree with that. And even today I was talking to a friend and she had taken this, um, I guess like career quiz online or something that she paid for. And it's like a very extensive, they send a report, it's all this stuff. And she said, when she got the results, it made sense to her. Like and she realized, I don't know that I have that. I don't, I don't know if I want to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And this helped me see like where my talents really shine and where they don't. And I was like, oh, can you send me that link? Yeah. <laughs> right. But, because, you know, I was like, that sounds really interesting. More so not to find out what my next path is, just because I'm interested in what it reveals. Right. Like the, what is it? The Enneagram, Enneagram or human design or these different quizzes and tests you can take online to bring out your skill. And I I always take those things with a grain of salt, right? Like, because they just take a couple of questions and usually they're really spot on, right? Like most of the ones I've done, easily identify my strengths and what I'm good at. But I always hate having someone have that become, well, this test told me I should do this. Well, that should just be a tool you use, right? Like it shouldn't be that deciding factor. It should be that tool of what do you feel good about at doing work? Um, and what don't you feel good about? And the, the reality is we're always going to have shitty stuff at work. We don't want to do. Of course, always. Right. I've been working on a expense report for four hours. Do I want to spend my money doing that? No, but it's something that has to be done. And so I think this, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to blame it on social media, but I think we paint this picture of everything has to be perfect in our jobs all the time. In fact, Tom just had this conversation with Q because Q's been not having fun at practice. And Tom's like, whoever said practice was supposed to be fun a hundred percent of the time. Like it's not life isn't supposed to be fun all the time. It's not, right. it's, but we paint this reality that if you're not having fun, it's not working. Well, that's bullshit because that's just not the reality. Sometimes when you're working hard, sometimes when I'm working out, it is not fun and I'm not, not having fun, yeah. but by the, but when I'm done, I feel better and I can look back and appreciate it. But I think, and I think the same thing in my jobs, like there are days where I'm like, this was not a fun day. Mm-hmm. but when I look at the big picture overall, I have more days that are fun than that, but we have to stop telling ourselves that 
everything we're every day is going to be fun. And if you're not having fun at work every day, you're doing something wrong. Or if you're not having fun every day and you're in your sports practice, you're doing something wrong. Or if you're not having fun every day in your side business, you're doing something wrong. But that's not the reality. The reality is it's not going to be fun all the time. No, it's not. And um, it's true. Like work and life balance, you have to put in the work. And there's plenty of days that aren't fun or playful or, you know, bring like this huge sense of joy every second of your day. But that's not how life works. It comes in ebbs and flows. We take the good with the bad and we have to learn how to balance it all. And I think that's what we're all just trying to do. And balance does not mean 50-50. Not always. Not always. Not always. Not, it's funny, not in anything, not in jobs, not in parenting, not in marriage and relationships. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be uneven balance numbers depending on what the situation is each day. Right. So we have to learn how to honor who we are as individuals and stay in our own lane. Remember, social media is a snippet into everybody's highlighted reel that we want, they want us to see, including ourselves. I mean, Mm -hmm. think about all the things that we post on social media. I mean, obviously I've stepped away for a long time, but you know, we post pictures of things. We're not post, nobody really cares about it. We're doing it for ourselves because we want to witness to our life. Right. That's really what Instagram is. It's, it's a tool that allows people to witness your life so that it's like, Hey, I saw that you did it. It exists. Mm -hmm. I witnessed it. I saw it. You know, I watched a movie many, many years ago and I can't remember the name of it, but Susan Sarandon was in it and Richard Gere. And it was just such a good movie about a marriage. And in the end, um, Susan Sarandon says to this person that this other person, the line was, you know, I think, or, or the person said it to her, marriage is having somebody witness your life. It's not everything this makes it out to be, and that story makes it out to be, but, but having a partner and sharing your life with someone is it's having a witness that your life existed and that Mm -hmm. you did all the things that you wanted to do or said you were going to do and to share it. And I think that's what social media is in a way. Again, this is our, what we talk about on the show are our personal perspectives and thoughts. Not, I'm not putting anything out there for anybody else. It's just how I see social media as a way to be witnessed, to be seen, Mm -hmm. to be heard in these little tiny pockets. And we don't do it because people really don't care. Right. (laughs) They care about their own feeds and their Mm -hmm. own lives. And everybody's just putting stuff out there to be like, here I am. Do you see me? Do you witness what I'm trying to achieve? And it's great. We, everybody has to do what they have to do. We all post stuff so we share it, somebody sees it, um, but it comes back again to staying in our own lanes, 
-hmm. and keeping your blinders on when you're trying to figure out who you are and what feels good to you and your life, you have to stop looking everywhere else. Because you'll never find it if you're always looking at everyone else's highlighted reels. No. And I think you also need to be, give yourself some grace, right? Like it's okay to come back from someplace and be a little annoyed that you're back into your monotonous rat race, but take note of what you loved about, what did you love about where I, you know, what did I love so much about my work trip that I can build into my day-to-day life? Okay. A lot of it has to do with not being responsible for someone for a while, you know, or, okay, I'm going to, let's take that in. And I talk about it quite frequently was I need breaks. I need to do weekends away with my girlfriends. I need to just Mm -hmm. kind of do those things. So do those like recognize or plan a girl's night or plan a happy, go shopping with your friends, plan a walk, whatever it is to help you transition back or to keep what you love about that one aspect that you're coming back from. But I also know like once I'm back in my routine, I love being back in it too, right? Like I love sleeping in my own bed and getting up at the same time and being able to work out and do my food. And I just don't want to do that same monotonous thing for the next 50 years. I want a little excitement from that. So build in some of that excitement, schedule yourself a date night. Tom purposely planned us a date night for Saturday. We went mini golfing we played arcade games. Like it was just, okay, let's go and just have fun and remove the house of all the shit that's got to get done because I've been gone for a week and he's been busy and let's just put that on hold and reconnect with each other. And I think sometimes putting the tasks on hold and connecting with the people around you is the one thing that you should focus on. Right. Because most of the tasks, when you come back, will be there tomorrow. Correct. So I think that's great. And I was thinking about it when you were saying this earlier in the beginning about, you know, what's, how did, how do you come back from that? Like, and I was in my head, I was thinking while you were talking, like, you know, maybe something good. I'm just putting this out there for a thing for people to listen to, but, you know, let's say you're on a business trip and you're on a corporate retreat or whatever, and you're having the greatest time but you, and it's 80 degrees. And you know, you're coming back to the freezing cold and to the stress of, again, love our kids to death, would never trade it. But again, you're coming back to the mom world Mm -hmm. and the stress that comes with that and marriage and household chores and duties they have to get done. And I wonder if like, let's say someone's coming home, maybe the night before it's like a FaceTime with the family, right? It's, Hey, what's been going on? I haven't had time to catch up, but I want to know before I come home and let's just do a little reconnecting over this and I'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, or it's just, like you said, it's just being able to have the gratitude and find the good in the trip and take that with you and hold on to it and say, Oh my God, these nights out have been so much fun. I enjoyed every night of dancing and I enjoyed meeting new people and new customers and new vendors. And this is great. I'm going to hold on to that joy. And now I'm going to go home and jump back into this role and get back on my routine. And I'm also very aware that I am leaving this warmth and going back to seven degrees. So I'm, it's in my mind and I'm ready. Yep. Yep. And you know, I did, I, 
I was very intentional about that. And I think just Tom and I being able to have that conversation and, and one of the things was I like, Tom, you can't take this personal. It's not me. It's not coming home to you. Like it's not coming home to my family. It's just the transition of Mm -hmm. going back and coming home and everything else. It's, and I said, I guess I never realized that it's following me throughout my relationships. And so, okay, thank you for pointing that out. I will consciously make a decision to approach it differently and not be so bitter that I'm home. And not that I was bitter that I was home, but it, you know, I'm sure I come home from, oh my gosh, I've been out till two in the morning dancing and da, da, da. And then I come home tired and he's like, so you had all this energy for everybody else and you come home right. and you don't have any energy for your family. And so I, I can appreciate both sides sure. and trying to say, okay, what can I do to take care of myself? So when I do come home, I've got the energy. I can focus on my kids and my family because I hadn't, I didn't give it all out to somebody else. And don't you think it's similar? Like when people go on vacation to get away from, and then you have to transition back to this week or whatever, how many days you were away and you got some enjoyment and fun and freedom and you left responsibility behind. And now you have Mm -hmm. to come back and jump right back into it. And it's almost like, I mean, I know I've said it after vacations and it's like, did I even just take a vacation? Right. (laughs) Right. I need a vacation for my vacation. And so it's, it's, just finding the balance of being grateful for one thing and grateful for the other thing. And just know they're in two different times. You know, you're, you're in this role here and then you got to come back to this role here. So you find the good in both pieces and just find a way to mesh them together. Yep. And I think, you know, we transition that back to your role that we talked about with you and the entrepreneur and not knowing sure how that's going to look and what we want it to be. And I think that kind of says the same thing, right? Like we be, we're practice some gratitude for the roles that we're in and right. and understand that the role that we're in might not exactly be where we want to be, but it's okay for where we're at right now. Exactly right. And the acceptance and, you know, just, it's okay. It's all okay. Be where you are. It may not be where you want to be today, but be okay with it while you build into the thing that you, you know, you want next. Mm-hmm. And whether mm-hmm. that's in a day, a week, a month, a year, five years, you know, who knows, but learning to accept release expectation. Yes. You know, just let go of expectation. This is something that I keep a calendar, give everybody a visual I used to have a date book. I think I talked about this. And now I keep, I just print out a monthly calendar and I tape it to my desk and I write everything in it. And along the sides of it, because I keep a wide border, I write messages. So I just did the April calendar and the top says, just show up, then find the happy every day, let go and just be and release all expectation. Mm -hmm. And it's a visual to me every day that I'm at my desk that these are the things that I'm focusing on currently show up every day for me, whatever those responsibilities in my day are, just show up, let go and just be present, find the good every day. There are happy moments every day and gratitude 
every day for something. Yep. You have to make sure to focus on it at least one thing a day. Yep. And release the expectation of what you think you should be doing right now and accept exactly where you are while you work towards maybe something different that you want. Exactly. I think we hold on to expectations and this is how we're supposed to do things so much. And once you let that go and say, okay, I get that that's that expectation, but I'm, I'm redefining my expectation. I'm redefining the road I'm traveling. I'm redefining the beat of the drum, whatever it is, you know, that you can say, but, and I, and to let it go. And just because other people love this, like I was watching someone Oh, I don't know. Like their hobbies are home improvement and doing all this cute stuff around their house. And all I, the thought of that being my passion makes me like, you can't see my face right now, but Allie, can I like, (laughs) like that is not anything I want. I don't want to spend my time peeling up carpet and painting and decorating. That's just, that makes, it just doesn't fulfill me. But sometimes you feel like, oh my gosh, you have to be doing home improvement. If you're not putting, doing new things on your house, I'm like, I don't care. Right. Right. I I, I don't care. And you're so okay with that. And that's, and that's where, that's where we are right now. You know, we're okay with where we are. We're okay. Figuring out being in the mud, right. We're okay being in the mud with knowing what our next steps are for our careers. I have no idea what comes next today. Right now. I don't feel anything pulling at me. So I'm going to just stay in my little island world right now and enjoy it and be present to it. And, and that's it. I'm, I'm going to say, I, I, it's just being accepting of, I don't need to keep searching for it when it's right. It'll show up for me. Absolutely. And you know, I I'll think giving yourself permission to be okay with that was mm-hmm. a huge relief off your shoulders. Oh. Like, Huge. And that's the great, you know, the great lesson in this depression, this episode that I had that lasted, you know, for so long was like we said in that episode, it was different for me this time because I felt all the feelings. I allowed myself to feel all the ugliness of the depression so that I could like purposely and forcefully learn what it was teaching me this time. Right. Right. And Part of that is learning to let go and learning to be okay right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it, and the acceptance got a lot, it just became clear. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, not a great thing that you want to go through for eight weeks, but I also, I, I'm so grateful for the lessons this, this bout taught me. Mm-hmm. I really am. Like I have so much, I know it sounds crazy to be grateful to, for suffering through a depression, but because maybe, like I said before, maybe it's because I'm older or wiser this time around, but I just feeling it all and allowing this stuff to just come to the surface was very cathartic, super Mm -hmm. healing and exercising and, you know, just finding little things every day to do. And it's the same in just finding who we are and being okay with where you are. So exactly be who you are, be you, embrace you, you be your authentic self. You are amazing. And if you, if you didn't hear that today, we are telling you that we love you, that you are amazing, that you are enough. You are enough and just be you because 
the energy that you put out when you are living your life as you, everybody can feel that. Yes. Yes. So be you. So thank you. Thank you. Tune in next week, friends. We can't wait to connect with you again. Thank you for listening to A Woman Redefined. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to things we mentioned in today's episode and to learn more about us, our sponsors, and where to find us on social media. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate it, and give us a review. If you know someone who would enjoy our conversations, please share it with them. Today's episode was brought to you by Allie Roberts Coaching and Schillerland Consulting. Join us for next week's A Woman Redefined Real Talk with Allie and Tanya.